Today is the third Sunday of the blessed month of Ta'ud, and today the gospel is from Luke chapter 19. And the gospel is about a tax collector named Zacchaeus. Zacchaeus was a wee little man, and a wee little man was he. He climbed up into a sycamore tree for the Lord he wanted to see. And hopefully you know the song, and hopefully you know the story, how the Lord went to... Zacchaeus' house, and at the end of the visit, the Lord said something very beautiful. He said, for the Son of Man has come to seek and save that which was lost. And if you could summarize, if you could summarize the mission of the church in one sentence, I think it would be very similar to that. It would be the purpose of the church, the purpose of this building, the purpose of everything that we do is to seek and save that which is lost. The other day I saw a, a video from a famous YouTuber who walked into a McDonald's and he ordered a thousand cheeseburgers. And the purpose was that he was going to take the thousand, thousand cheeseburgers to go uh, feed the homeless in the city. And the whole videos of him just passing out cheeseburgers. And at the end of the video, there was a homeless man. And this homeless man was speaking of the trauma that he faced in his adolescence. It seemed that his father had anger issues. He had a rough like upbringing. And now he's homeless. And I felt like this person, he didn't have a childhood. And now, sometime later, 30, 40, I don't know how old this guy is, he's paying the price for his parents' like recklessness, their abandonment. And I was thinking about it, who does this type of person go to? Who does this person, how does someone, like, where is his place of refuge for a person like this? His parents, yani the, the, even the psalm says, my father and my mother have forsaken me, but you, Lord, you have accepted me. Probably his family already disowned him. Maybe he was too violent, maybe whatever, in his extended family. This person has... No one. And then I was thinking, no, he has someone. He has the church. The church is supposed to be that which seeks and saves the lost. And this is what, like this is the type of person that I feel the Lord would go and visit. This is the type of person that said... Those who, have well, who are well have no need of physician, but those who are sick. I have not come to call the righteous, but the sinners to repentance. And even when the Lord, He went to send out His disciples, who did the Lord say, go, when you send out, like He sent out His disciples, who did He say for them to go to? He said, go rather to the lost sheep of the house of Israel. So this was the mission of the Lord. His incarnation was for the purpose of going to seek and to save the lost. That was the mission of the early disciples of the church. And I wonder, is that the mission of our church these days? The purpose of the church is to seek and to save that which is lost.
I've been to many churches are decorated very nicely. They have very nice icons, they have very nice woodworking, and they have a lot of nice things. But a church is not, or should be more than just nice things. I mean, you can go to the mall and find a lot of nice things. A church is bigger than that. A church is more than that. A church should be a place where broken and sick people can find acceptance and healing. The church has to have a life-saving mission. A few years ago, we were blessed to host Father Evan Armitas. I don't know if you guys remember his visit, but he said some things in his visit that you know, he stayed with me, and I want to share them with you. He was telling us the story of the life-saving station. Into Fakreen? No? No? Yes? No? I'll remind you. It was a story about a few men, it's a fictional story, who they saw that the coast of their area was very dangerous and that many ships were shipwrecked and many people were left out to die at sea. So a few noblemen decided they were going to build what was called a life-saving station. A life-saving station meant that they were going to put a tent, a hut, or whatever, and they would stay in the night. And if there was a ship that went like uh, broke apart or whatever they would go and save these people and so they were very dedicated and very diligent and then they saved a lot of people's lives and so the people's like uh, the people whose lives were saved they were indebted to the life-saving the life-saving station so they contributed and said no we need to make bigger life-saving stations we need to bring in beds, we need to bring in furniture, we need to bring in new nice beds, shower. And because and then the numbers started to to grow. And then after some time people said like it became very nice. And then people said, We don't want people who are been stranded out to sea to come into our very nice life-saving station. So let's build them apart outside the life-saving station so that they can do their business outside and we can hang out because it became sort of like a little social club where all the people who have been saved could, could hang out in the social club. And then after a while, people decided, why are we even doing this? Like, let, like why are we even doing this life-saving stuff? We don't need to do this. Let some other people worry about the life-saving like, station. And so the building whose purpose was created for saving people who were drowned at sea, later just became a, like a social hall. We just come to meet our friends, hang out, have, good, have nice things, but we don't want anything to get broken, just, just have nice things. And so... That is what could become of the church if we forget the purpose of the church, that it is a life-saving station. If the church does not remember its core mission, which is to seek and to save that which is lost. I'm, I'm worried we become a fancy ethnic social club. And that's not the mission of the church. The three words in the mission of the church that I want to focus on today are to seek, to save... And lost. Those are three words. I'm going to speak about each one of those words. I'm going to start with, let's start with lost. I feel many people feel lost these days because they don't know about their future. 
concerned about careers, futures, and spouses, whatever. That's not what it means to be lost. All of those things, they have solutions. You'll figure it out. Being lost is the result of sin. Being lost is the result of sin. Sin causes us to lose our way. And that's why repentance and confession is so important because it puts us back on the proper course. And sin results in exile as we pray in the liturgy. We fell from eternal life and we were exiled from the paradise of joy. So a lost person is someone who is living in sin. Or another way to say it, a lost person is someone who loves the world and loves what's going on in the world. And that's why the Christian, because we've been exiled, the Christian should be like a sojourner or a stranger in the world. So a lost person is one who loves the world. A lost person is one who has no intimacy with God. You know, when Adam and Eve sinned, they hid from God, and they feared the Lord, and they were scared to walk with Him as they used to do. So the one who brought them comfort and delight, they said, we don't want anything to do with you. That's a person hiding from God. A person hiding from God is, is a lost person. A lost person is someone who does not realize their identity as a child of God. We'll talk about that one a little bit later. Someone who doesn't realize how much God loves them. I love what St. Paul says in Romans. He says, but God demonstrated His love toward us. God demonstrated His love towards us in that while we were still sinners, Christ died for us. So God's love, not dependent upon your perfection. It's not dependent, on your per- not dependent upon your perfection. God's love is infinite to all. And so, in the wisdom of God, He preferred, He preferred to die for us rather than to be separated from us. Sin separated from us. And He chose to die so that we could be united with him. So how much does God love you? Someone who's lost doesn't realize the immense love that God has for them. That's why in the Catholic epistle today, St. Peter said, knowing that you are not redeemed with corruptible things like silver or gold or from your aimless conduct received by the tradition of your fathers, but with the precious blood of Christ. How expensive is the blood of Christ? If someone says like a nice word to you, you feel like a million dollars, right? Imagine like that Christ, He died for you. His blood was spilled on your behalf. That's how much He loves you. A lost person forgets about that. And lastly, a lost person is one who is self-righteous. They're the ones who think they see, but they... Cannot see. They are blind. This includes first and foremost the religious, the clergy, the priests, the Pharisees. They were the most lost. Because, and yet at the same time they claim to be the most knowledgeable of God. 
And that's why the Lord told them, Assuredly, I say to you that tax collectors and harlots enter the kingdom of God before you. So that's what it means to be lost. And hopefully, now you've found yourself in one of those bins. Because all of us are lost. And hopefully we have been found by the Lord Jesus Christ. Because unless we were lost, we cannot be found and we will not be saved. So we have to realize that we are lost first. The second duty of the Christian is to to seek. Seek. I read a story this morning about a grocery store owner in England who in the early 90s, he became fed up with his customers. And so he started coming up with a bunch of like rules for his business. First, he banned smoking in, in his market, which is common now, but back in the day, that was cool. Then he barred uh, crude language. Then he barred people with baby strollers. Sorry to those. Then he barred people that had pets. And then, finally, he's like, I don't want to deal with anybody. Everybody who wants to come to the store, I'll just put a big window, and they can point to things, and they can choose what they want, and I'll just bring them the items that they want. And what I, what I was thinking about this story is that this business owner is not looking to expand his business. He's not looking for new customers. In fact, he's like, I'm sure he lost a lot of his, his business. And, and the point of the story is not for us to abandon our rules or our morality. The point of the story is about seeking. Business owners are supposed to be seeking new business. They're supposed to be expanding their market, strengthening, strengthening the bonds with their customers. This business owner was doing the complete like opposite. And I was thinking about, like, as servants in the church, are we seeking to grow our business? Uh, yeah, not our business, yeah, like the service. Are we seeking to grow our business? Not for our pride, but for the sake of saving. Saving. This is saving, like, the part is seek to be saved. So we need to, to seek to be saved. And the readings of today, all of the readings of today, reiterate a very, 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 very important method of seeking. The best way to seek. And, and that's what I want to focus on today, is that the Lord would seek by visiting. By visiting people in their home. And you'll see that a lot. And the concept of visiting actually is so important in the Bible. Because, like, even in the Old Testament, when, like, um, when Moses took the body of Joseph, or the command that Joseph gave to his descendants, it said, when God visits you, you must carry my body with you from this place. Everything was centered on the visit of, of God. And... The visit of God is also tied to the concept of rescue. So it like kind of ties to the idea of the life-saving station. And so, this type of visiting is so necessary for someone to be the next step to be saved. And Jesus, our Lord, He, he always loved to visit the people. If you remember the widow of Nain, 
after he raised the widow's son, his only son, the Lord said, God has come and visited his people. Visited his people. This is the way the Lord Jesus Christ, he went about. That's why he was living as a sojourner. He was always going to, to visit. And... In, in, the, in the Vespers, they entered the house of, of, or in Vespers, it was about, Vespers or mountains, but one was about the house of uh, St. Peter. We'll talk about that one in a little bit. In Matins or in Vespers the other way, it was about the centurion, right? And going to... The house of the centurion. And the centurion asked the Lord to come and he said, I'm willing to come. I'm willing to come. And then the centurion said, no Lord, you don't need to come. Just say the word and my... But the Lord was willing to go to seek, to visit. And that's the type of servants that we need in the church. The ones who are willing to go... And visit and seek and to expand their, their, their business, so to speak. I was reading a, some advice that one patriarch gave to another bishop in the Eastern Orthodox Church. And this advice is very true for anyone in the service. It said, in the past, we waited for people to come to us. But today, you must go to them personally, to their homes... This is how you carry out sound and effective pastoral work. So I hope, like in the Sunday school servants, take this to heart myself, that we need to make like our visits, to go to each other's house. This is the way to carry out sound and effective pastoral work. The last key word is to save. To save. How can you save others? You save them by the word of God. Make your home, like if you visit, you visit the home, make your home a place for the word of God. I was reading something very beautiful by St. John Chrysostom. He said, what do you talk about? What do you talk about? He says, do you talk about meals? He says, that's the domain of cooks. Cooks should talk about meals. He says, you talk about money? He says, that's the domain for the merchants and the traders. You talk about buildings? He says, that's the realm of carpenters and builders. You talk about land? He says, that's the conversation of farmers. For us, for us as Christians, for us, the only legitimate concern should be how to enrich the soul. The only concern is how to enrich the soul. I get concerned when I shufil. I yell be texting Bob every 10 seconds about Araf. Why? The only thing we should be concerned in discussing and talking about is stuff that should be enriching the soul. And I'm in a part of a few group chats and all they talk about is holy things. Oh, this father, oh, this father, oh, this... and. Very different from the way of the world talking about clothes or farmers or money. The word of God. Make the word of God a pillar in your house.
That's why the Pauline epistle of today, St. Paul, he said something. He said, For I determined not to know anything among you. I determined not to know anything among you except Jesus Christ and Him crucified. All I want to focus on in my life is Jesus Christ and Him crucified. That's enough. That can fill all of your discussion, that could fill all of your time, that could fill all of your study, if you just focus on the message of the cross. Secondly, so make your house, if you want to save, make your house a house for the Word of God. Secondly, if you want to save, make your home a home for hospitality. Make it a home or a place of refuge. In the Gospel of Vespers, it was Vespers. It was about the healing of St. Peter's mother-in-law. And you know that Gospel very well because we pray it says, Then she arose and served them. Yeah? Then after, a few verses after, look at what happened to the house of St. Peter. It says a few verses down, it says, The whole city was gathered together at the door. The house of St. Peter then just became, we're talking about the church being a life-saving station. St. Peter's house now became a place of refuge for the whole city. And everyone in the city was coming to his house. I wish we have, like every house in the ch like church, each one of you have house, like a little church. And that place should be a place of... Refuge, a place of hospitality, to invite people together, to be reconciled together. We have a duty as servants of the church to be ambassadors of Christ. The last thing in your house is to make your house of no condemnation. To have no condemnation in your house. The Lord Jesus Christ, He went to the house of Zacchaeus. He didn't condemn him. Actually, he said, salvation has come to this house. He reminded Zacchaeus of his identity. You are not a heathen. You are son of God. If we always remember this, I feel our house should be a place for re like reaffirming who we are, that we are Christians. I hope today we remember the mission of the church. The mission of the church is to seek and to save that which is, that which is lost. And glory be to God forever. Amen. Amen.